0: boom hello and welcome to the executive protection lifestyle podcast season three with your host byron rogers this podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner the private security professional in this podcast we're going to talk about the mental emotional psychological physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent whether you're in law enforcement whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really wanna be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show, out. Boom, what's going on, you guys? Byron Rogers here with another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I'm really excited for this one, it's real world. I've got Leo Prince Lou of the Edge Shooter Training Academy here hanging out with us. Uh, we're gonna learn a lot uh, from him today. I'm looking forward to everything. How you doing, Leo? I'm very good, Byron, and yourself? doing good man i'm doing good i've been looking forward to this interview uh for those of you who don't know leo was just really i believe in south africa and africa in an engagement where he was transporting some things and um he was attacked and his his basically his movement was attacked the dash cams the camera that they had around their armored vehicle have gotten out and they're all over the internet so you've all probably seen the video but today, me and Leo are going to go deep into what happened, what take, took place bow by blow, and we're going to get to know him, what he's all about, the skills that got him through that, and uh, also the skills that he's out there in the game training people uh, uh, to be able to effectively implement. So looking forward to this thing, man. Uh, thank you once again for joining us, Leo. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So... I usually like to kick these, these interviews off and kind of dig in, you know, uh, to, uh, by asking, you know, one of the deeper questions and understanding of, uh, who's the man behind the work, you know? So who are you? Who's Leo? Who are you at your core? If you don't mind me asking
1: brother. You see, I think YM has been, um, sculptured by my background, by my police background. Um, that's where everything started. And, you know, it progressed and carried on um, as a lifestyle, basically. But, um, you now I've got a 17-year lease background wow. since 1996 until 2004. And then wow. I left the, the SAPS and I joined the – well, not joined. I started my own company, The Edge doing firearm training and, you know, being in the industry for all those years um, at pretty much where where I am at the moment, you know, um, I think what you do really becomes who you are at the, mo- at the end of the day.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I have to agree with you, man. And I,
0: I, uh, I think, a lot of what we saw in that video was just you being who you've become as a result of what you, you know, what you've done with your life, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's true. Yeah, man. Cause it's, you know, I, I, one of the, the slogan of the podcast is, you know, executive protection, protection is more than just a job. It requires a lifestyle. Um, So it's awesome
1: that you said that, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an absolute lifestyle. Um, You know, the industry is ridden with um, people who joins the industry thinking it's a Hollywood, um, you know, yeah. game out there, and it's far far from the truth. You know, once they start realizing the real um, integral parts and the realities of life, then they realize it's not always that easy, and um, you know, you need to have a a mindset for for this particular environment,
0: yeah, no, I would agree 100. percent, Especially when they realize it's a lot more boring than they uh, than they than they <laughs> wanted to believe, you know. Yeah. Uh, that weeds out a whole lot of them, you know. What would you say about the environments that you work in? You know, was it? Are you in? You know, South Africa, or where do you kind of work? And what would you say about those environments?
1: Yeah, look, um, I am in South Africa. I'm based here, work here. Um, We're not confined to South Africa when it comes to training. We can pretty much do whatever we do all over. Um, South Africa is home-based, I stay in Pretoria. Um, So South Africa is a violent country. Um, I think we are in the top three most violent countries in the world. Pretoria is the top third or third top um, violent city in the world. According to statistics, so we've got it all to all in our favor. If you want to get onto the ladder of, um, you know, comparing cities against each other, but we are on the top three for all the wrong reasons. Unfortunately, yeah. So security work there is um
0: is real security work. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you can just hang out yeah. with your client. Day and like nothing happens, you get to be cool and like relax, yeah. you things happen,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, what I've been through, um, is a weekly occurrence. You know, if I say weekly, um, all around the country, there's probably four to five cash in transit heists, these type of robberies where we escorted um, courier companies and courier delivery vans and so forth. It happens weekly. Um, it is not even something that will you know, reach the fifth page in the newspaper and front page news and things like that. It is, um, South African public is so desensitized to violence that, you know, as long as it doesn't happen to you, or your close family, uh, you don't want to have anything to do with it. But, um, it happens all all around us every day. Wow, um, it's just and that's why I love
0: doing these podcasts to understand kind of the international realities that other professionals experience. You know, I think one of the things that we may suffer from, if I can use, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm just going to go with it, uh, the United States and some um, components of private security. Uh, is that nothing will happen for such a long time. Nothing may never may ever happen, you know, over the yeah. course of a whole entire career. And I think sometimes agents and companies can think, and sometimes it is a metric of competence. Sometimes it does prove that you're doing your job. But at the same time, if you're never testing your systems, how do you know that you're doing your job?
1: <laughs> you no, know? Sure. Yeah, no, um, I think... You know, again, for all the wrong reasons, we've we've got some systems, and um, our training is is focused in the right places to give the guys the optimal opportunity to survive incidents like that. You know, real life scenarios and real life experience can't be bought, you can't be trained. Really, you can you can be as good as you want to be in training, and you're. You know your scenario training your force and force all can be as as realistic as it can be, but nothing beats nice. the real crack of an a k forty seven through your windscreen you know um that changes the reality, <laughs> and then you know um shit is real you know
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um um but you know like i said you know in my in my incident you know it was it was it was a short Short period of time, two minutes. I've got um, access to videos of cash in transit robberies that takes place for five, six, seven minutes of gunfire, where more than three hundred rounds are being fired between wow. you know the the guys inside a vehicle and the robbers from the outside in. So it's a, you know that's not an incident. You don't talk about three hundred rounds on a on a crime scene. As an as an incident, it's a it's a bloody war. Right. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing, man. So, what? So you you're talking about your training and the things that you guys offer. Do you offer training that dovetails with the experience that you had, or and and was this the first experience of this type that you've
1: had working out there, or? Obviously, you know when we supply our training or we'll provide our training, everything is. Um, Client-specific. So if we train cash and transit companies, we train them for a gunfight inside, from inside the gap to the outside, if the vehicle are being shot out and disabled and they can't maneuver with the vehicles, they need to um, debus and then take the fight um, on foot. So we train all of them in, in that um, environment. It doesn't help on training them to be an armed reaction officer when they are going to face 20, 20, 20 to 5 um, armed assailants firing at them with AK-47s, you know. So the realism of our training needs to be there. Otherwise, we are not serving any purpose, and we are not doing the you know the students and the members out there any favor.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I agree, Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, giving them a false sense of you know ability and achievement and security. And when yeah. when when the when the when the things comes down, then he does, then he starts realizing I don't have the skills to to manage it. Yeah, no, I, I
0: completely agree with you. I think that's one of the really important things of really understanding the pedigree of the people who are training you, you know, because people that have really been through it have the conviction of making sure you get training that can save your life and they have the experience you know to be able to differentiate well yeah this is the schoolboy way but this is the way it really goes down you know and i got to see that when i got to my unit in the marine corps and all my big brothers had just got back from the battle of belusia and they were like homicidal maniacs but they knew how to fight you know and then i got to see the conviction in their eyes you know, when they looked at me and showed me, you know, missing arms and things, and they're like, "If you don't learn, if you don't listen to us, you will die." And yeah, oh, exactly. go back over uh, there, you know, and that was so valuable. Um, yeah, I think now yeah. in the world, so much social media, it's it's very important to know who you're learning from.
1: But, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, but you've mentioned, you know, there's there's some policemen security officers that will go through an entire lifetime and never draw his weapon in, in the line of duty. And the biggest, the biggest, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? The biggest drawback for them is by being complacent. Complacency of thinking, you know, it won't happen to me, it won't happen here, it won't happen to us, that type of thing. That's an absolute um, complacent mindset, and that that mindset will kill you because yeah. it takes it takes your it takes your focus away, it takes your mind out of the fight, um, and takes your mind away from reality. Yeah,
0: no, one hundred percent. It makes you psychological. It makes you vulnerable on so many different levels. Yeah, I know. Oh, for sure. Skills, man, in every area. Uh, no, I dig that. So. How did you get into this work, brother? How did you get into doing what you're doing? And you know, even the you said uh police for 17 years, you know yeah. what what started you as a protector?
1: Uh, look, the, my police career um for the first five years, I was just a normal policeman at station level. Um, but it was a good experience because it gives you a background of policing. Um, you know, you get to learn a lot at a young, at a young age, you need to deal with things that adult people in their lifetime not experience and have to deal with. So it forms a foundation. And then I joined the special task force. That was my unit. Um, this is the South African version of you know, the GSG-9, SAS. So we were trained for hostage releasing, tactical hostage releasing. That was our main focus. And- um, um, Wow job that we was trained for and then all other high risk operations that normal policeman hasn't been um, trained for or equipped for. So we went through a nine month um, selection process just to join the unit and then wow. two year additional um, ongoing training for, you know, specific type of um, courses, you know, Search and rescue diving, explosives, um, all kinds of things like that. So that was. I was in that unit for twelve years, and that teaches you a lot of disciplines. You know, um, so we had the urban, rural weapon phases on selection. We did VIP protection from a from a police from a police background, not civilian background. But That laid the foundation of the civilian CPO. Background that I've got, um, and also I was involved last four years in the unit. I was head of the snipers in the unit, training them, uh, and you know posting them on on large scale um, in the country or on big summits and things like that. And then you know that that training background then transferred into my private company. that started um, doing civilian training. So in South Africa, we've got a firearms law that requires everybody that wants to own a private firearm to go through a, it's a process. You know, it's like a compliance process of writing some theoretical tests, aiming for some practical assessments. Then the people get certified and then they need to go and apply for the licenses and so forth from, or at the um, SAP, South African Police Service. And once the police issues them a competency certificate and license, then they can own private weapons. So I'm a registered company that does firearm um, training. I can certify people on that process. But also then, you know, there's the private security industry in South Africa, which is it's a massive industry because yeah. of the downfall of um, and the, the rate of security in the country and the violence and crime, the Mm -hmm. private security outnumbers the SAP, our police service, probably by five to one. If you've got got 100,000 policemen, there will be 500,000 private security officers. It is a massive industry in South Africa. And it is ranging from normal access control to firearm um, you know, armed reaction, the gas in transit. You know, we the the, the industry is so wide. Um, it is really a multi-billion um, industry in South Africa. It gives work to hundreds of thousands of of people in in the country. Um, wow! So yeah. So, but we've got to, we focus on you know on our firearms you know to all you know the the, the the armed security forces out there the armed security um, security companies and their works of um, as you like by you know making them compliant with the law with regards to their firearm training and so forth and also trying to upskill these people to to face the challenges um, yeah. because they do it on a regular basis, you know, after, you know, I'm, I'm predominantly a firearm training um, company that does firearm training, and along with that, everything else that, you know, attaches to the base of firearm training, like CPO work, um, advanced driving, medical, tech med courses, um, all those things that it has got a shooting element in it, or a firearms yeah. element in it. So we, we present all those type of courses. Um, and the, the reality is that there's companies out there that you know let their people perform these duties on a daily basis. Like I said, you know, I've I'm doing I've done that um, operational job pretty much just as on an ad hoc basis where I need to stay current with the with the with the environment and so forth. So every now and again, if I get an opportunity and I'm not on, a, on the shooting range or training, I need yeah. to know what the guys are going through. You know, I need to I test yeah. um, equipment, I test vehicles, I feel the vehicles. So so that when I present the, the training, I can practice what I preach and see if my right. my training is still relevant because it doesn't help you try and keep the guys. Current and you are not current, and you don't know the trends and the and um, you don't experience the work that they are doing on a regular basis. Yeah. So that's, no, that's that's how I got into that specific job that day. Um, it was not I, not my full time job. I just helps out a friend of mine who owns a, a security company, mm-hmm. and he had a um, opening and need to to run some escorting duties. So I just, um, you know, f- filled in for them. Nah, I completely understand. <laughs> mm.
0: Slow Tuesday was supposed to be a slow Tuesday, but you never know in this game, man, when you lace up your boots and go to work, you're writing a blank check that you might have to cash that day, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it happened, all of a sudden things change. What, um, yeah. what is the, uh, so, and I love that you kind of dug more into the police Uh, experience you've had because especially with I find international folks you know they'll say police but like that means something completely different than it does here it doesn't mean that you were just in a car or you know driving around and dealing with you know normal police things I'm Mm. glad you really dug into that and then what is the what's the compensation like over there can you make pretty good money in the industry over there or is it do you find that they compensate their agents at a certain level, you know, is it like EP is completely different than everything else or, um, what what does that market look like?
1: Um, let me tell you, um, I won't mention company names, but the, the guys that does this job on a, on a daily basis, they are being paid absolute peanuts. I figured. I, it I, I is. Um, it is. It is remarkable the job they do. The, the constant threat are under, the constant, you know, the environment, the fear, the uncomfortableness, long hours. They get absolute yeah. paid peanuts. Um, big big companies are wolves. You know, they <laughs> they go for the bottom margin. Um, is the only thing that that really matters to them, wow. and that's the, that's the, the sad thing, you know, um, with with a lot of companies, is that they will expose these people to these type of dangers. Yeah, with the minimum requirements to be a armed security officer in South Africa, so there is a certain couple of things that you know the armed reaction officer needs to to have. Um, qualifications. So you need to have what we call um, the CRA grades. It's a security industry regulator. Mm. There's a grading system. Um, it goes from E to A and E is your bottom line You know, basic access control gate guard type of thing. No arms, no you can carry a baton maybe. Um, and then D is a little bit higher, C is a little bit higher. Only from Grade C, he's allowed to be issued with a firearm. So then he needs to have firearms competencies that I've spoken about earlier. So if you've got grade C and he's got a firearm competency and he has got a driver's license, then the company starts looking at him. Now he's employable. So if he ticks those boxes, they will employ him. They will put him into a, a armored vehicle, or sometimes not an armored vehicle. And he will do all kinds of security work. Whether it's escorting duties like I did, um, whether it is armed reaction to normal house alarms and things like that, but then he can then he can operate with a firearm. Unfortunately, the you know, the industry is is not forgiving to these guys. Um, they exploit him to a degree, you know, unemployment in South Africa is, is in the 40% at the moment. You know, wow. it's a 33% official rate, but you now the, the unofficial rate is about 41%. So people are really um, hungry for, for work and they will take anything just to, to put food on the table for the families. And the companies exploits that, that you know, that vulnerability almost can I say. And yeah. they will put him in, they will send him out there, knowing that the opportunity or the the the, the chance of him being involved in a critical incident is really high. And wow. if he if he survives, all good. If he doesn't survive, you know, will we'll pay your funeral and we'll give your family a couple of rands. As a compensation, and the next guy will just slot in happily because he's been on the waiting list type of. Thing. So it's a really, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard industry to to work with or work in. And thank God, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not in that industry as a on a regular basis. I train them and. You know that's why it's almost easy for me from a from a from a perspective on the outside, you know, as a objective um mm-hmm. vision or view from from the industry. I see the hardships when they are on the range with me and they and they start to talk because they can't talk to the you know the the managers and the, the you know the big bosses at the company that but to me they open up and I know the yeah you know the challenges these guys go through. Um, And it is, it is remarkable, you know, um, so it's a, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a glorified, like you said, you know, the, the Hollywood movie, the glorified, uh, you know, security officer with a big tail, earpiece in his, in his ear, walking around with his client, all suited up. It's really, it's really, um, a hard, hard industry, you know. um, And again, I think um, a lot of the companies, when they lure people and advertise for jobs, they they picture this glorified picture as you're going to, you know, you're going to be doing this massively high profile Mm. type of jobs. Mm. Like you've said earlier, you know, Being a close protection officer is the most boring thing you can ever imagine doing. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. There's some high highs, but there are a
0: lot of lows. Lo- I mean, that's why I put myself put myself through school. I've done self-written books. I've done so many things just like to keep my mind from going mush at times. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And well, that's that's i'm glad to just kind of get a snapshot of what the experience is like over there for the private security professional um that's one of the things i've been trying to do with this podcast is branch out and get uh the experience the perspective from guys working the deeds overseas in different markets mm-hmm. and i think it's good that the whole kind of world really understands what it's like in different places uh, and hopefully this gets this interview gets the phones ringing man and people hey go and learn from someone who's who's been there you know and uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah, perfect it's also good yeah it's also good that you get you go out in the field from time to time and i've been to a number of schools and looked around at my instructors and asked myself with trepidation like when's the last time these guys actually worked worked the gig you know uh, yeah. uh you know because you'll see some of the information i'm like that's not the way we're doing it these days you know so it's good to get that fresh blood of experience um, yeah Let's go into the situation, man. Let's 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 go into the blow by blow. Everyone's waiting. They're like, come on, bust out the tape. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna do a screen share here in a second. All right, so so here we are. Slow Tuesday, working private security, armored transport.
1: You're in South Africa. What kind of vehicle were you guys in? Uh Diodon Cruiser. So it has got a canopy on. As you can see, my rear wheel. My rear view mirror doesn't mean a lot to me at that moment. I can't see out. I've got my two side mirrors to, to rely on. So that, with those ones, I needed to, you know, do my observation. You're a land cruiser. You guys have a cab on uh, the
0: vehicle. It's obviously bulletproof because, I mean, we we actually got yeah. to see it. All up.
1: But yeah, man, go ahead and walk us through. So... While we're driving, you know, obviously you need to be aware of what is happening around you because yeah. if you do, if you do not have observation um, and situation, awareness, you've got pretty much nothing. And now uh, I've tried, and we know the modus of Burundi of these people, how they, how they go about their business. We've had the discussion earlier this week when we started this, this job that, you know, we need to have the awareness behind us. They usually come from you know the four five o'clock area, and okay. they get into your next to you from the four five o'clock area, and in your blind spot they just start shooting at your vehicle. Um So uh. if it is a if it's a, if it's a soft skin vehicle, they will just um you know pulverate you with with the shots, and or they try to do, to disable the vehicle. You know, shoot out the the, the wheels, shoot out the engine. If they can take out the escorts, um, you know, the the robbery, the loot of the the product that they want is, you know, that's a pretty easy thing to do. So we didn't carry any merchandise ourselves. We just did pure um, escorting. And on the front cap, you will see the escort vehicle that we were just tailing, um, basically. As you start rolling the, the video, you'll see you know you try to be as observant as you can possibly be. I love this you notice what's going on you start looking off you start looking in your view
0: mirror here to, and uh you know you're
1: looking at everything you're looking around at the road yeah look um you need to to, to keep you know the the um the other traffic in consideration we joined roads there that's why. You know there was an increase in observation to my sight, but the first real um notification or realization that we were under attack was the shots that came out you know, that delta yeah. cracking sound and you know, the impact on the vehicle. Um, yeah. that was my first and you started looking, delta sound. that's that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: So like you're like, is that oh? was so is it that vehicle right there that's
1: passing you now? No, he's still out of view here. Um, so you're sitting oh, okay. If if you look over my shoulder, my right hand shoulder, yeah. there's it, there you can just see the the Audi just in the mirror there, or in, the, in the corner. Oh, that's the that guy. Yeah. So that's the Audi. They're shooting from that position. There they are oh. now in, Perfect view, you can see the shots coming out. At that stage, yeah. I swerved right into them. I braked hard and I tried to swerve into them. Um, trying to, you know, I wanted to, them to drive into my, the back of my car to disable their vehicle, maybe pop the airbags. If I can um, push them into the barrier, the side barrier that would have been, you know, first prize for me. But these guys are not amateurs, so he avoided the, the impact and the contact. And then I went over to the right-hand side of the, the, the road, keeping him at my seven eight o'clock area. Yeah. Um, so you know now it's a question of is he going to is he going to come around on the other side and things like that, looking in all the mirrors, um, trying to locate them. So my vision is a little bit impaired with that shot on the windscreen. Two shots on my windscreen on my my um, window there. Yeah. Then at that moment, um, I went for the for the other vehicle. There was two vehicles: the Audi that had to take me out, and the other vehicle that already pushed off the the courier van. They were um, they pushed him off. They debussed um the vehicle here we can see there is the is the vehicle just on the on the passenger side um window so There's a second vehicle coming up yeah, here that's white in, in yeah that's that's the that's the pickup that they normally push the vehicle off so that they can offload the merchandise on the back of that vehicle onto the pickup and then they can just drive it away so at this time there, you're
0: chasing a vehicle that had the merchandise. You guys are basically protecting another vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and did that vehicle get away, or did that vehicle just hit the gas? And you guys kind of like kept kind of playing with these guys in the
1: back, or what happened with that with those guys? Yeah. So what happened was the the white pickup passed us on the on the road, yeah. and they went they went forward. And it was their job to push the the courier van off, so they wow. they just forced it off the road. Then um, they parked in front of it, and then they got out. So the drivers of the courier van then just jumped out, and they made a beeline for it down the highway. Um, then at that stage, the the Audi started shooting at me. I kept yeah. them behind me, and when we switched to the to the front view. Um, no, that front view that picture one? you will see. Uh, just swap the the outgoing video of oh, the outgoing oh, video. No, yes. yes, that one. Right, that that white pickup right in front of me. That is the the robbers. That's the one vehicle. So that vehicle right behind us is mm-hmm. the the white pickup van. You will see him passing me now. Yeah. That's, that's the rover's vehicle that um, went for the courier van. And they just normally come past you and they will go for, for the for the target, the, the merchandise. Yeah. So he just falls in behind you and then he passed me when he could. We'll see him now. Behind him is the Audi. You can see the Audi in, in the distance. That's the Audi. Yeah, coming up now, and it engages yeah, right, so right here. So there's, there's the, the pickup van. is going past me now. Yeah. Uh, the Audi just, now, the Audi just comes in, and you will see him now probably in the next frame, literally being next to me. That's it. And right at that moment, he engaged me. So wow. the, there's, he, there's he behind me now. Um, I've tried to push him into this concrete barrier on the left-hand side of the screen. And he managed to avoid me. He stayed on my seven o'clock area. So here's the here's the here's the courier van oh. there, and the yeah. and the in the, the the crew of the the pickup was on foot at that stage. Wow! So, so they they got out of the pickup. Yeah, they got out because now they wanted to. To, to go and um, break the you know the locks open and things like that to get their hands on the on the cell phones. So once they've parked and I've managed to keep the Audi behind me, I tried to run over or run into them with my vehicle. That's where they started running around over the highway. Then the the white pickup he left the scene and I rammed him. I knocked him on the side of the vehicle. Yeah. If you go to the to the front front view, All right. So yeah. here we go. About here, the the shots was incoming. There, I've I've tried to to push them into the into the concrete barrier on the right. There on yeah. the left hand of the screen, you can see the pickup. I'm um, standing still. There's the drivers running away, and there's the pickup of the robbers. So I tried to to drive into them between the the career van and the their pickup. Trying to get them on foot. I mean, I that's good. you're working. You're still in the fight. You're still in the fight. Now you will see the pickup, the white pickup coming past there. They have rammed him onto the side of the body, but he managed to, to keep it um, on the wheels. My timing was a bit off. And right about here, the Audi comes past me. I tried to ram him. I pushed him off the road, but he managed to. To, to stay stay with it. And then I turned around and I went back to the to the career van. Um I drove up against the traffic. But there I'm turning around, going back towards the, the career van. Because at this stage, there's three um, armed robbers with AK-47s on the on the highway running around. So there's the I've turned around at this stage. Um but as I, as I've turned around, I saw that the Audi also turned around and he followed me back. So when I faced, I said, so "There's the crew van. That's that's him there. There's the there's the, in, uh, the occupants of the of the Audi. They got out, and then they started shooting at me when I tried to go into them as well. Or so there's three of, the, v, three of them out here. Three. One on the yeah. One on the barrier. One. I'm trying to get the the middle one. I'm trying to run him over. He toppled over this barrier. The Other one is on the left-hand side, running to the left, and there's the Audi standing stationary on the on the on the road surface. So these guys shot at me. Um, the guy on top of the barrier, he he shot the two two shots on the windscreen. So as I went past them, I thought I was going to have a running start in the Audi that was stationary because I wanted to ram him, but the car is extremely powerful and quick. So he just pulled out under me and he made a beeline, but I, but I kept on going after him. I thought maybe I'll I'll be able to catch him in the slow traffic up front, uh, you know, up front um, into the, into the slow traffic. But yeah, they, this is the three occupants of the Audi now. So you go, once, I've, once I've turned around, they, they also turned around, and they followed me back. Um, when I went after them, the three guys was, was on, the, on the road. One was on the barrier. I tried to got the one in the middle against. I tried to go after him. The one on the barrier, he shot two shots that struck the, um, the windscreen. Audi is there on the left-hand side. I tried to go after him, but he was just too powerful. He just pulled pulled out um, from underneath me. I thought I would catch him, but he was just just too quick. So I followed him. Um, thought I was going to catch up with him in the you know, on the slow traffic up yeah. up up front. Yeah.
0: Oh, looks like you almost had him, man. Looks like you almost had him. Oh, and he was dedicated.
1: Did he get stuck right here? Yeah, so there I've, I bumped into him. Um, he decided he's going to try and ram over these white balls in front of the screen. Um, you know, those big concrete balls he tried to go over them. He got stuck. Yeah. I got stuck on those ones as well. I couldn't go backwards or forwards. Um, unfortunately, that's why I had to... You know, exit the vehicle, but he was gone at that stage. Um, he didn't have a firearm with him at the moment, so you know, according to our law, I couldn't do anything um, about him. So yeah, that that was the that's the front video. In uh, cap, if you run it, you will see the the white pickup truck coming past us, trying to to hit them. Um, and so forth. But other than that, you know, uh, if you roll it back a bit, you will see a pickup truck coming past us on the right-hand side. Try to, to, to um, put him sort of, you know, hit hit the back side so he can spin out, but I just mistimed him slightly. Yeah. So I knocked him in the middle of the vehicle instead of the, you know, just behind the tire. But it, you know, it's not always easy to get the timing right. There it is. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of pit, pit maneuver him a bit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once I've initially sort of um, bumped into them, rammed them, tried to chase yeah. them off, they had the audacity to turn back and come after us again. It just shows you that you know the motivation that they've got to to do what they do, as yeah. you know, as a as a job. So they are not amateurs that will you know just go lying down or flee when there's either shots coming after them or some um, resistance. They they are not scared of of resistance. They are not scared of bullets being um, know fire at them these guys have got lots of on on the job experience when it comes to these things
0: yeah and that's why that's why we've got to live a life of training It's why it's got to be more than just a job you know it's got to be a lifestyle because these guys are getting on the job experience they're trying yeah. to do evil deeds all the time you know your gangsters are out there doing gangster things you're you know, bad people are living lives doing this yeah. stuff and normal yeah. people are going to their nine to five, you know, and trying yeah, to be normal. Exactly,
1: yeah. And yeah, you know, you you know it's, it's, you've got all those motivational you know, posters of where, where they say, you know, no one loves the warrior until the enemy is the gate, you know, all those type of mindsets out there. They don't like us, mm-hmm. Don't like the way we think. They don't like the way um, that we carry firearms and things like that. Until something like this happens, and then they ask, "Where were you with your firearm?" Now, um, I can just, I can just imagine. how you know, it must be feeling for a policeman in, in your country at the moment. You know, where every single, every single thing that that goes pear shaped is is the police's fault. You know, and fingers are being pointed left, right, and center by, by people that does not have an idea of what it feels like to be exposed to situations like this. Right. You know, there's armchair critics, you know, the keyboard warriors. Um, right. you now, one needs to, you know, just say pray for them because really they are so lost. You know, it's, it's yeah. very easy to point fingers in hindsight. Yes, you should have done this and should have done that. When you're in the yeah. moment and your life is threatened, um, when there's incoming shots or where there's a cold, a cold um, piece of blade that's aimed at your neck or your, at your or your body, and you have to 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 you know manage that situation, you know time for talk and time for negotiations is out, and when people then use, you know violence or the force, not the violence, the force needed to overcome the threat. A lot of these people that has got, you know, living off off, on pink milkshake, they want to come and tell us what what and how it should be
0: done. Yeah, it's amazing. I I was talking about this the other day with a guy, and I was like, or on one of the tactical protection reviews I did, where it shows a law enforcement officer uh, grappling with a guy on the ground, and he gets up and he shoots the guy in the back, and the video is really quick. And, you know, I know the public is just like, oh, he shot this, you know, innocent guy in the back. Yeah. And when you slow them down, you see, oh, that guy was reaching it. And there's underbelly pulling out a, a firearm. Um, and I mean, these moments, yeah, there's so much intensity. It's like bullet time. It's like this officer knows if I don't get my weapon and get rounds on this guy in fractions of yeah. a second that it takes him with us being closer than five feet to turn around and shoot me, I'm not going home to my family tonight. And it's like, you don't sit there in the doctor's office with doctors being within the five top leading causes of death in America, you know, but no one talks about that. You don't sit in the doctor's office and tell him, hey, what are you yeah. doing with that scalpel and why did you, yeah. you know, and you should have prescribed this, you know? It's like they respect yeah, exactly. the profession than us. Yeah. They want to tell us what, like, like we're not professionals and haven't been doing this our whole entire life, you know? It still blows yeah. me away. Like they know what they're even looking at, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't have any idea. You go into an accountant's office and you open the books up, you have no idea what you're looking at, you know? Yeah, exactly. You need yeah. that guy to tell you what you're looking at, you know? So it's, yeah. it's a really piece of issue, you know? No, it's public it's right.
1: massive. <laughs> um but I but I think you know it's also you know social media has got um a huge huge influence, you know. In my case, you know, yeah. social media has been very positive about this incident. Yeah. You know, you do get, you know, you do get the you know the really clever ones that thinks this is a staged um you know really <laughs> incident. Yeah <classic. laughs> uh, <laughs> stage incident a um, marketing um, Wait, something tool really? for myself and for my company. And you think, um, oh, you know, I'm really good at the, at marketing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's yeah. the jokes. People just don't live in reality. They have no, I mean, I, I uh, saw this video and I was instantly like, this is, this is real. And this is an amazing opportunity for us to really train and help understand what it takes to survive these things. I think it's really outstanding that you, you did everything you could to defend the vehicle. You turned back around, you uh, tried to run the guys over, you tried to run them off the road, you tried to chase them down. Like you did everything you absolutely could, man. And I think that was remarkable. You know, a lot of guys would have done just enough, you know, and then once those vehicles left, they would have just stopped, you know, or whatever. But. Another question too, do you guys did you guys have any assets to back you up? Is it a call to the cops? Is it a call to quick reaction forces? Or was no. it just kind of like you guys um, need to get to the safe house
1: one way or another yeah. kind of thing? Or yeah. No, we we don't have um a backup close, you know, the head office and the backup is 40 minutes away. So at that 10 minutes means- away. Yeah, 40 minutes away. They are based in Johannesburg side. We were working in Pretoria. So we had another vehicle doing the same type of work also in Pretoria, but they were on another route. So um, that's why I asked Lloyd to call Joss just to see where he was, if he could go to the courier van, because once I was... um, Disabled, I wanted him to go to the career and just protect the merchandise because then you know I was I couldn't go back and forth and so forth. So, so you're um, like sitting ducks, that's why you were like, call Josh. Uh, yeah. To the, but the problem, to problem also was they the, the robbers had access to, to signal jammers. He couldn't he couldn't make the call. Um, these guys are unfortunately backed up by by police and things like that. It's, it's very sad that one has to fight criminals, but criminals with, with powerful backing. Um, with more assets. It makes the so. job really, really, really intense. And, you know, you sometimes just don't have the, just, just the criminal to worry about. You know, you've got this oh. other um, backup that they've got to worry about as well. Which is wow. you know a very sad state of affairs.
0: Yeah, so there's political components, you know, and then also yeah. when they're doing this type of work, really the um, your operational security with regards to your information management is so terribly important. And it sounds like because of the situation, you guys are very porous, like very exposed, with paying people minimum wages to do the work, you know, uh, so they're exposed to bribes and. Different yeah. information leaks can happen very, very easily. Disgruntled employees. Uh, the whole operation sounds like it's extremely vulnerable to uh, to to an attack on so many yeah. different levels. No, for sure.
1: It work. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's not a clear cut job. You've got yeah. a robber gang. And we've got good guys on the one and the one on the other side, and it's the two against each other. It's yeah. You know, all these all these type of things are. Intelligence-driven on both sides. Right. If you do not have intelligence on the on the criminal activities, you know you are you are reacting to everything, and so do, so do they. They've got access to to intelligence, and you know every any 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 job you will know if your intelligence is you know is bad, then you know it's just a it's just a matter of time that you're going to. Um, experience real difficulties, um, yeah. and you, you know you're walking into surprises all the time, and yeah. it's it's not good for your, you know, good for the outcome of the situation. Trying to be lucky all the time, one needs to be, you, know, you need to be prepared mentally, intelligence-driven, um, physically, training-wise, everything. There needs to be a high level of of, of preparedness for for these type of things. Yeah, man. And then one last moment I want to I want to show
0: that I just was inspirational to me, man, was right here towards the end. You're doing your thing. You ram the car. You guys both get stuck on the on the balls. And then my man's ready to get out and get to work right here. Puts that thing in park, gets out of the vehicle and your boy just knows hand this man the rifle <laughs> and Leo yeah. and you just the way you got out of that car with authority my man it was beautiful threw that seat belt off and I was like it, it, you know it, it gave it gave me even confidence in you I was like he's blessed to have this guy with him in the driver's seat uh, on this day man so good work on that and then you get to get down to your bread and butter which is the firearm <laughs> skills So, that's awesome
1: that's Thanks, awesome
0: man. But yeah I think it's just a great 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 teaching uh example man and it it's interesting that it sounds like the bad guys are almost they almost have the tactical advantage with the technol the technology jammers multiple vehicles uh AK47s um and mm-hmm. then political backing to where, you know, you may or may not be the good guy or you may or may not be safe, depending on how the thing get, the, the outcome of the situation. Yeah. Uh, um, What's it like working with those locals out there? Are, well, you already kind of talked about that. They're really not very prepared uh, as far as training. No,
1: Unfortunately, you know, when we do get them for training, it's for a very short period of time and we need to yeah. almost perform miracles. Um, to get these guys, you know, the basic foundation of firearm handling, um, we wanted to try and tap into his mind because, you know, the mindset is so, so important. Yeah. The way he thinks, the way he approaches the job, the way he approaches himself, um, you know, how he motivates himself on a daily basis, how he preps yeah. himself for, 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 for the same job day in, day in, day out, how he keeps himself focused in in the groove the whole time. It's not always easy. But that's, yeah you no know, you need to understand the, the, the consequences of not doing that. And right. what I'm trying to, you know, to get into the, to the mind is, you know, you need to try and get, or you need not to try and get, you need to have a reason to stay awake, stay alive, um, perform your training, do your push-ups and do your running on a daily basis. Keep your body fit and strong. Keep your mindset where it should be. You know, the color codes of awareness, you all know that. Stay in in condition yellow, orange the entire time. Keep focusing, Mm -hmm. you know, get a reason to do all of those things because if you don't have a reason, you know, you get, you drop. And when you drop and you're in condition white, and you have to go into a gunfight within fractions of seconds yeah. it's just, you, you know then you need to be lucky to survive yeah. um, and you can't you can't base the outcome of that situation on applied skill then it's just right. luck right. and you don't want to be lucky all the time right yeah, no, and
0: that's one. That's that is one of the main reasons why with these protector symposiums that I do over here uh, to train civilians, professional protectors, law enforcement. It's why we focus on the soft skills for a full day. Like you get there, one full twelve to fourteen hour day of hearing from every yeah. speaker. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Grossman uh, talking about those conditions mm. of, of awareness uh, and and all that stuff coming up at our next one. I think uh, selfless plug. Florida, 1st through the 3rd of October. Uh, You guys can learn from that. We've got an amazing lineup, Mm -hmm. ProtectYourProposium.com if you guys want to learn more about that. But I think people make the mistake of buying guns and gear. And it's like, you need to really understand the mindset. You don't want to be in the middle of a situation like this and asking and like being like, why is this happening to me? What's going on? Oh no, all these thoughts will get you killed. You needed to have already begun reacting. And that comes from what you've trained in here and you won't this is another one that kills me is you know they're like you'll you will operate at your highest level of training negative you will (laughs) retard to your baseline unconscious competence level of training you know so the way you perform under extreme stress is what's going to come out not the way when you're all warmed up at the range you know and you're relaxed that's not what's going to happen you know so it's that's why we have to train so much man And as you know, as you know, you know. Is there anything you would do do differently as you look back at the situation?
1: No. um, You know, looking, you know, obviously, you know, we've we've looked at the videos and critically, from our point of view, what I could have done right, differently, wrong. Um, Yeah. I think um, what saved me was... Um, the instinctive actions, you know, the immediate action drills. Once the cracking went out um, and I, you know, you you go through your OODA loop, you observe where they are, where the attack is coming from, and then you need to orientate yourself and then decide. That decision and the action needs to be absolutely instinctive. Um, Yeah, fluid. And, you know, you don't, go about ramming people off the road on a, on a daily basis. But since the Tuesday, when we started this, and this happened on the Thursday, I yeah. had to pre-visualization in my mind running every day, all the time. I visualized, if they come in there, this is what I'm going to do. We knew that that vehicle was my, was my um, weapon. Um, we wasn't going to shoot out from the vehicle unless I have to open the doors, which was would have been plan B. If they should shoot out the vehicle, then it would have been you know, the, the next option to go to. But at that yeah. stage, the vehicle was my weapon and my cover. And I had to yeah. use it optimally for as long as I possibly could. So that was my, my thought process the whole time. I'm going to ram them. I'm going to try and push them. I will... Bump them, I will do whatever I can. I had a lot of confidence in the vehicle. You know, it's a big beast. Um, yeah. It's heavy, it's strong. It's not It's not that maneuverable. It's got a lot of weight behind it, especially with an armored um, component onto it as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's not a Batmobile. It doesn't turn on 90 degrees. So you have to keep all of that um, into consideration when you start. Know start swerving with a the vehicle. They've managed to shoot out my right front wheel on the first burst. Um, I could feel the vehicle pulling to the right. Um, mm-hmm. so if you're going to radically start jerking on the steering wheel, um, you know, you're going to lose the control of the car. So, and that, mm-hmm. that puts you into a into the next level of compromised, you know, position. So, um, yeah. You know, in hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, and we need to use hindsight and we need to use experiences like this to learn from. Um, I think you know, what, what, what worked well for me was the pre-visualization. I had an instinctive yeah. um action of, of going after them and to, and taking the fight to them. They that put them off slightly, you know, that it it yeah. They, they're not scared of engagement. They're not scared of gunshots yeah. coming after them, but violent, direct um, violence against them, it puts them right. off for a moment. So yeah. basically, what you do is you buy yourself a little bit of time, and time, yeah. time then equals um, distance. Distance equals options. So all of those yeah. type of things um, worked in in my favour on the day. You know. Um, so, yeah, I think in eyesight, um, that would be if I have to be in that vehicle again and something like that happens, that would be my go-to you know, actions again. And up until the stage where either can run them over or run them down. Um, yeah. And, or if the vehicle gets shot out and I have to get out, then, you know, it goes to plan B where you have to fight the fight, um, get boots on the ground, and then, you know, go... Go guns blazing, top of you. Yeah, and then go to work with the
0: hardware, with different, with different tools, different hardware options. No, for sure.
1: No, absolutely. No.
0: Yeah, man. No, I think you did an outstanding job, man. It, I was, I was, I was. It was. I was. It was like a win for the private security guy when I saw the video. I was like, "Yes!" I was like, "Finally, they get to see us work." My man held it down. I was like, "Can somebody get me in contact with this guy?" Uh, you know. So it's it's an honor to be able to have these conversations with you, man. Um, getting to our last couple of questions, brother. Hardest lessons you've learned over your career in private security.
1: Hardest lessons you learned in the field. I think. You know, the the thing is when when you catch yourself out to be complacent um, and you think it it can't happen to me, it can't happen to to the team, Um, you know, just touch wood, nothing bad happened and we haven't been in a situation where we had to fight our way out except this one for a long time. Um, But every once in a while, you just... You know, you get your mind and you sort of blank out for a couple of minutes and you think, where, where have I been now? Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've missed yeah. the last two two or three kilometers. Um, I wasn't focused. I didn't see people coming past. Um, yeah. That, that, That's a real scary, man. discipline factor where you allow yourself to be undisciplined for, for a moment. And mm-hmm. I just absolutely hate that moments where you think, geez, I've I've missed the last couple of I've missed the last two minutes of, of work. You know, I've been here, yeah. I'm there, but I haven't been there. Um yeah. That no, no. that is that is scary as shit because you know, it's in that moment, Murphy, Murphy yeah. will catch you, you know. Yeah, man. In, in that, that in that two minutes, that's when, when they will get to
0: you. Yeah, that's so true. It's so good. So good that you were able to talk about that and admit that and because it's true, man, for every guy that's just paying attention, there's those moments where it's like a slap in the face. It's like, whoa, whoa hold on, man. Like, I'm in it right now. I need to be uh-huh. in it. I need to be uh-huh. in it. Um, Absolutely. And you know, sitting there with an ice pick and a chainsaw around the corner, just waiting, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting man, and in a banana peel or whatever he's got today, just waiting to get you. It's so yeah. real, man. That's good. That discipline is a discipline, and uh, you know it's something you got to make sure your team's dialed in with. And 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 go time is go time, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, proudest moment
1: in in the game in the private security game over your career. No, I think this one must must stand out. Um, you yeah. know, we've, we've been doing a lot of private security close protection work for you know high ranking officials and. CEOs of multinational companies, um, celebrities in the police. We we um, were part of the secret service on two of your presidents coming to South Africa. Nice. Um, All of those ones were special with special jobs and things like that. Um, But I don't think, from a private security point of view, uh, you know, we we don't blast these type of things out of the, out of water. We don't, we are a little bit camera shy. We are definitely not, um, I'm not on social media. So we don't share things like this just to, to blow, smoke up your own ass type of thing. Um, Try to keep, keep it low key. But, you know, with all the hype, you know, and you just think, gee, you know, um, getting all the, the, the feedback from across the world and people think yeah. you know um, you're a hero and all the funny jokes and whatever are what, what. apart from that if you can see how hungry the world is for a good person having a victory for once in a long time that makes yeah. you really humble and you make you realize um, in what times we are living at the moment where where we, worldwide, you know, there's not a country in the world where everything is paradise, you know. Every country, there's um, a war raging, a literal. Yeah. You know, it's a mental war, it's a race war, it is um, a crime war. There's wars raging in every single country in the world now, um, whether it's political or race or religion, whatever the case might be. Um, yep. And to see the, you know, the appreciation from good people around the world and just to see a normal, ordinary guy standing up for good people type of thing. That is, that's really humbling. And, you know, if, if one can, if, if there's one guy or one person anywhere in the world that can listen to this and just take it to heart and go for training, get himself prepared and save his or his family's life, then all the hype is worth it. You know, all the all the you know the whole circus almost about this whole thing. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. worth it then. Because it's high time, you know, good people um stand up for themselves, um, stand together. And we need to dig our heels in, you know, get our heads out of the hole and realize yeah. there's there's an enemy out there. Um, as individuals, we can't defeat it. But as you know, um, by numbers, numbers by good people, we can go a hell of a long way, Um, and that's everywhere in the bloody world. You know, not just here, everywhere. Your country, I can just, I can just, um, you know, sympathise with your, with your police guys. Now, Um, I think (laughs) it needs to be one of the craziest, most difficult jobs these right now. But across the world, you know, there's there's, there's a focus on where people that does good deeds gets blasted for being good people. And downright criminals are being protected by the media. By politicians in the media, and that's gross, man. (laughs) I think we mustn't go too deep down that. (laughs) That truck. <laughs> <laughs> we get in the shadow band,
0: no one will see the uh, interview. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, the yeah. world we live in, my man. The world we yeah, live in. Yeah. Man, those, those are amazing words, though. You know, it's it's so true. And that's exactly why I do these things, man, because the feedback I get from people being like, hey, that interview really helped me here, really helped me there, um, and uh, helped my career, you know, like mm. this stuff. This that's the stuff that puts gas in my tank, man. I read the comments and it just it blows me away. So I, I'm I'm on the same mind as you. And I know you don't do this sure. for publicity. I couldn't find you on the I couldn't find you on social media. I had to have I had a team out there trying to find you. You know, unfortunately, the relationships, you know, uh, were able to actually get get everything uh, connected, my man. <laughs> Yehuda, fortunately, Yehuda made the connection. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yehuda's Dude. been on the podcast too. He's a good friend. Um, and, and if you guys are looking for structures that can help protect you and that can get dropped into your structure, your facility, your home Yehuda mm-hmm. has an amazing company. We have a podcast where I was speaking with him. You can go back and listen to that one. Shout out to Yehuda, man, for hooking us up. Uh, Yehuda Shamel, man, he's, he's a good guy. So yeah. Uh, true. yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Favorite quote or mantra saying that you like to say?
1: We've got a, we've got a, My company's T-shirt. On the back of the T-shirt, um, it's a it's a Latin phrase. I can't tr- pronounce it almost in Latin, but it it translated means repairs or get left behind. Um, Prepare get left So, behind. yeah. And you know, every now and again, we you know we we come across something like that. Um, you know, it's all in the mind. You know, it's a mindset you um, get all this type of um, sas type of um, you know sayings and who dares wins and you know all of that and all of those things make sense but you know it's a mindset. it's all in the mind. Yeah. Um, and if you don't prepare, you're going to get be, you're going to get left behind. Um, the prepared ones will go ahead. Um, they will survive. The unprepared ones will come and cry for help, and when when the day of reckoning comes, and when the day comes, and you're not prepared, and the the guy that is that has been prepared is going to look after himself and his his people, and he can't piggyback the unprepared forever and ever. We can just try and inspire you and you know get you to the realization. But you have to do things for yourself um because that, nobody else is going to, to do it for you um not yeah. your security company not your police not your politicians definitely not um mm-hmm. nobody else has got your has got your um your security and your well-being at heart other than yourself basically
0: awesome.
1: i love it and that's the truth the sooner people realize it the better off
0: they'll be You know, know, and that's the thing. Mommy and daddy might love you, but they can't save you. You got to do it for yourself. (laughs) You know, that's the way of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. And then, uh, how would you like to be remembered, brother? Legacy question.
1: No, no, you see, um, everyone wants to to think, you know, um, once you die and the people at your funeral, what are they going to say about you? You know, but like, yeah. like you say the legacy. You know, everybody wants to have nice and kind words to say. You know, I think you know if they can say, it "Was a badass motherfucker that that kept kept other people alive." You no, know, that that yeah. will that will be that will make. It Make me rest at ease.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, (laughs) I love it. I love it, Leo. That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. Outstanding, Uh, man. And then uh, the last question: uh, What are you up to these days? Where can people find you?
1: We do have a. My company has got a Facebook page, believe it or not. I don't run it myself. Like I said, I'm very anti social media. But um, the company, the Tutor Training Academy, I've got a website. There's an Instagram page. Um, I'll send you the, you know, the links, links and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so there's the Instagram page, there's a Facebook page, um, there's a web page. Um, that's where we are. We are we are doing training as we did normally for civilians, for security companies. Um, try to upskill them because it's 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 war out there, like I've said earlier. And the sooner the people and the companies realize that their people is not prepared for them or for that type of situations. And if they've got any almost like if they've got any reason to to keep their people alive, they need to get them trained properly. Don't just tick a the minimum standard box. Prepare them for the for the real fight out there. To, to face multiple targets, violent multiple targets, um, to, to make a real difference right there in that moment. Um, and that's not going to happen with a once-off 20 rounds training session a year um, and ticking boxes. It, it, there needs to be a, a mind shift change if we want to, to make a difference um, to the guys out there and to the industry. And, to the world at, at large. These companies have any motivation to keep their guys alive.
0: They uh, need to get them yeah. higher level training than the basic requirements.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Box ticking is not going to keep the guys alive. Proper focused, um, directed training for the job at hand, that would make a difference. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, man. No, I 100% agree, you know, with guys on my details, we do our own proprietary training to make sure those skills are where they're supposed to be. Because anyone can send an interview and be like, yeah, I can, I can shoot, I can move, I can communicate. I know medical. It's like, well, all right, well, the next interview is going to be at the range. So, uh, hopefully, you know, (laughs) hopefully you're telling the truth, buddy, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be consummating this relationship. I need to, I need to, I need to know what this thing, you know. I need to, I need to know what this thing really is going to be like. So, that's yeah, awesome, man. Absolutely. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much for your time, your attention, your uh, agreeing to this interview, and your involvement. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. I'm glad we're connected. We do go to South Africa from time to time, so you know. Hopefully, we'll be. I'll be reaching out to you when that happens. You know, you can put no, absolutely to help us out,
1: man. So no, absolutely perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to commend you on the way you operated in that situation. It was a win for the private security professional around the world. I think it was inspirational. Oh, thank you, Leo, man. Much respect. It's a pleasure. All the best. It's been a pleasure. That's Thanks great. for having me. Man. Yes, sir. And then we'll put your links in the in the contacts underneath. Everyone can check out Leo. Go follow him. Go and. Get some training from someone who's been there, who does that, who lives in that environment and deals with especially guys that are over here in the States or in countries where nothing ever happens. You know, don't just go to your local trainer and just be like, OK, well, we did our training, you know, fly these guys out, go train with other groups. That'll give you a different look that, that deal mm-hmm. with things that you guys are not ready for, not used to or don't see a lot. This is how we stay well-rounded, man. So want to encourage uh, you guys absolutely. to get a look at that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you once Perfect. again, Leo. All the best, man. You're yes, sir. We'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Out. All right, Boom. friend. Cheers in. Bye. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives. But soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what